Hello and welcome to episode 51 of TLDR Podcast. Today, Eric is out, but Alex is back in. I think the Clippers have game four tonight. Alex is back after he went golfing in Sacramento and also graduated. So that was a very, very interesting couple of days for Alex. Alex, why don't you tell us all about it, man? You've been gone for a week, so let's hear about your life. Yeah, I didn't do either of those things. Uh, (laughs) My fiance's youngest brother graduated high school, so we were up there celebrating. Um, Drank a little too much. Sun, uh, the sun got me, um, but it was a it was a good trip. And then um, this past weekend, uh, my boy Matt was here. Drank a little too much, like with him, which happens every single time I see him. Um, so it's it's time to take a little break. Um, other than that, doing great. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be 106 here this week. So uh, if I'm not on next week, it's because I melted and died. That's brutal. You gotta you gotta recover for June or July fourth, you know, and you're supposed to come down and visit. Can I have like a four or five day bender plan for us? It'd be a good time. Okay, I have like a two days to hang. So I'm not really sure how I have four a two or five day days. bender. We're gonna get it on <laughs> two days. No sleeping whatsoever. It's gonna be like that. Sleeping is for the week. Yeah, you can sleep when you're dead. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tyler, you look sad, depressed, and look like you lost four hundred pounds this week. What happened, bro? Wow. Uh, like I said, didn't put the makeup on pregame. I, you know, I had to fire my makeup artist. So uh, we're in current transition. So that's why I look like shit. Um, despite my appearance, I'm doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. uh, moving, moving to a new apartment in a couple of weeks. So that's exciting. Um, other than that, chilling, doing good. Are you, are you sure you're doing okay? Cause earlier we were talking about how dark your room is and you're like, yeah, that matches my mood. Yeah. So is that a lie? Well, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, I always feel a little dark, you know, you always got to have, it's, it's a, it's a balance, right? Between the dark and light, you know, all that shit. The, yin and yang. Yin and yes, yang. Exactly. You know, you, you just got to have the balance. Cold. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And last but not least, Trayden, how you doing, man? How is uh, life at home? Dude, it's so great. We finished painting this weekend and I don't know if you guys realize how happy I was that the minute I had put the paint roller down. Because we were fucking done. I hate painting. Of all things that I that I like to do around the house, I absolutely like hate it. So I was very excited to get it done. Uh, other than that, um, I, we've been watching a lot of the hockey. We've watching some basketball. Alex, you'd be proud of me. I've been watching some basketball. I'm like not a lot, but some. Hey, I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you gotta love this time of year. I mean, it's except it's just too hot this week. But you, you take that out of the equation, and everything's fucking great Tyler just raised his hand like he was gonna Tra- ask a question what's up Tyler Traden why do you hate painting so much what was that why do you, why do you hate painting so much just curious it, it just it, I hate the I, I well first of all I hate using a brush because it's, it just gets everywhere I drip I I'm, I'm and, and I'm actually like really good at it and that's like I, I feel like everybody I ask if they really like painting is probably that because they just don't do it much and I, I've painted so many homes between my, my parents and mine, two homes now. And it's just, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm never moving again and I'm never painting again. It's that simple. Wow. You say that now, but you're probably going to move in like no, 50 years. I, there's no, well, years. <laughs> <laughs> you, let me finish my sentence first. <laughs> I ain't painting uh, though. I'll hire some fucking guy to do it. 
Yeah, for sure. Make your kids. It's an unwritten rule, remember? Yeah, there we go. It's an unwritten rule. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Real fast before we move on to the actual segments, I do have a couple of questions that our fans wanted to ask about uh, things that you'd rather prefer. So first question, would you rather whisper or yell for the rest of your life? (laughs) Hmm. Definitely whisper. Try it out. Definitely yell. You're going to yell like this the entire time? Because I, cause I already do that. <laughs> That's true. It's definitely fits your, I think that fits your personality better. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, go like, I'd go whisper because I wouldn't want the raspy throat to be forever. That would hurt, and I'm not about it. Trade and okay. Remember that one time we were in an Angels game and you were yelling about how awesome um, uh, Connor McDavid was? Yeah. And the entire section could hear you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know. I think that would fit your personality great. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, really that's, a, that's that a great analogy for, for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, last question. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> what about you, Jake? Have... Wait, 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 wait. What about yeah. you? What's your answer? Oh, I'd whisper, dude. Yelling? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could just yell at people all day long, man. Like my voice yeah. when I yell is pretty powerful. I think people would get annoyed by it really quick. <laughs> I get annoyed so, by it anyway, so. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'm never talking to you again. Plain and simple. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> this next one's hilarious. But would you rather have a nipple-sized wiener or wiener-sized nipples? <laughs> a nipple-sized wiener or wiener-sized oh nipples? Oh, God. I mean, I feel like I feel like you have to go for wiener size nipples. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I think Dude, that's a how, pretty. What would yeah. you do with? You just have to wear a really large baggy clothing your whole life, but like you could figure it out. Nah, you wear it super tight and you show those bad boys off proudly. Look at these things. Damn. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I guess oh, the consensus yeah. was <laughs> wiener size nipples. <laughs> we're already derailed. We haven't even got Jeez. off the station and we're, uh, we're off. <laughs> I went from like a second grade question to like an adult question just real quickly. Yes. That is our podcast though. Yeah. Let's be real. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Let you guys think about those questions. But when we return, <laughs> uh, Trey's going to take us to the NHL and the last two series before the finals. It's going to be exciting. Welcome back, everybody. I want to hear those answers to those questions. So if you guys want to send them in, uh, not on Instagram, but on Twitter or uh, or not, not on Facebook, but on Twitter, on Instagram, send us in or email us. I want to hear those answers. Um, back to the regular sc- scheduled programming, though. We have Trayden talking about NHL. And we're down to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that's not true at all. We're down to two con- two series left before the finals so change take it away <laughs> yeah no you, you, you I, i'll forgive you for that one because it's a little weird <laughs> that was terrible uh, it, it, it i mean in a normalized period yes there would be an eastern western conference final not this year everything's all topsy-turvy in fact one of the the one series between tampa i'm sorry between uh, vegas and and ha- the habs will never ever happen again in the third round i mean th- this is unheard of so um but we'll get to that i want to start in what i would consider the east um, of their, you know, Eastern part of the country. Um, we have the Atlantic division champion, Tampa Bay lightning and the reigning Stanley cup champions facing off against, in my opinion, was quite surprising. 
but maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Eastern Conference or Eastern Division champion, the New York Islanders. Um, I'll start on the I'll start on the New York side. Um, New York, t- you know, New York took uh, took Boston to it, 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 it six games, and it, it, what was so surprising about that is they seemed dominant. They seemed absolutely dominant of a team that has been so dominant in the playoffs of late. And Alex, I wanted you to, you know, you know, cover the cover the New York Islanders here before I even get into Tampa Bay. Um, you know, give me give me your thoughts on that series against the Boston Bruins and how you think how do you think they're going to fare against a team that, you know, is another juggernaut in the league? Yeah, I mean, for for the Islanders, I mean, they are the team, I think, so far in this playoffs that are playing their game the best. Like, obviously, they're all playing hockey, but the Islanders, their game, just like game one of the Tampa series, is going to be low scoring, you know, a lot of defense, good goaltending, um, you know, where Tampa probably wants to get out, fly, get on the get on the penalty, score seven goals a game. Um, and that's what the Islanders held Boston in those games. They, you know, there weren't a lot of big, um, you know, high scoring games. They kept that perfection line somewhat in check which I think is a good test moving forward for the Tampa series because it's the perfection team, but even better. I mean, that Tampa team is ridiculous. Um, So, I mean, moving forward and obviously game one, the Islanders won two, one, you know, if you keep Tampa to one goal, you're obviously playing your game, which is going to be super beneficial to you. I don't think the Islanders want to get into a, you know, a six, four, six, five games like the lightning had with Carolina and um, fuck the lightning for winning because that ruined my bracket. But uh, I think, I think the Islanders are sneaky. They're just continued to be uh, underrated. And um, Trotz is proven that he's a great coach. Yeah. Uh, everything you said completely, you know, explains the, the, this Islanders team this year, they're, they're, they're buying into a system and they're sticking by it. And they're, a, it's a full team effort. Like you said, something that really inter- was really interesting is, is no forward on that team has higher than an average of 18 minutes a game. And all of them are within a close band. And that it, it's just showing that they're, they're throwing everybody over the bench. They don't give a shit. Like they're, they're just rolling they're, and And that's how a team needs to play. That, you know, Trot says, you know what, I, my fourth line can handle it. Oh, no, th- my third line can handle it. Who cares if it's, if it's Kucherov or Stamkos on the ice? And that is, that just shows that, you know, the, the, the guys are buying in. They don't have the, the you know, the, they don't have the biggest of names on that team. And yeah, they have, a Mar- they have Matthew Barzell and J- JG Pajot. Those are big names, but they're not Stamkos. They're not Kucherov. To, um, so, you know, it, I just, I just love that they're just buying in. Um, and I'm going to flip over to the other side before I ask you another question, Alex. Um, T- Tampa Bay took, took over their, uh, their series against uh, uh, Carolina. It, it seems like it didn't, you know, it didn't take long for them to finally, you know, dig their claws in and just completely finish, finish out Carolina. Um, and that was a, that was a five game series. That one um, Kucherov, Braden point, these guys just continue to, to, you know, make the team excel. I mean, they're playing absolutely amazing. Alex Kalorn is really playing a, an incredible uh, playoff series as well. Uh, he's he's kind of playing that, 
you know, talk about a glue guy. He's really, he's taken over that, um, that spot that, you know, I think Blake Coleman kind of played last year on their cup run, you know, he has 13 points for a guy who is, you know, he's a third line center. I mean, that's, that's, that's excellent for a third line center. Um, goaltending wise, uh, Vasilevsky is the only goalie that has played for Tampa Bay, just like last series. And I kind of worry about the, the, um, you know, the amount of miles he's putting on, you know, I, I wonder if he's, if he's able to handle this entire run, two runs in a row, you know, and then Alex, you look at the other side, you have Varlamov who's played eight, you have Sorokin who's played uh, five and between them, they have a 932 save percentage. How are you feeling? You know, while the goalie, you know, save percentages are nearly equal, who do you give the edge to here? I think with the team like Tampa, you have to give it to Varlamov because he's a vet. He's been around the league. Um, you know, you're facing Samkos, Kutrov, Point, Hedman, all these, all these big names, and you, you give it to him until it goes wrong one time. And, like, I think you have to just play the hot hand. And, you know, obviously, big performance in game one. Uh, only let one pass him. If he continues to play well, don't change it up. Let him ride it. And then moving forward, if you want to go back and forth, go for it. Um, but I just think with Varlamov's overall, you know, history in the league, you kind of have to ride him right now um, before you go back to Strogan. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, that's this, that's just the way it's going to go. They're going to, they're going to ride the hot hand and, and I, but I have to give the edge fully to the, to the, you know, that goalie staff on that, on that Islander squad, because they can throw in either one and you can feel comfortable. I mean, you're, yeah. you're right there. I don't know what Vasilevsky has behind him that is, that can even compare to either of those two right now. What was very interesting about game one, I don't know if you saw it, Alex, um, Tampa Bay, if, if I were to, if you were to guess, I don't know, did you see the game, Alex? I did not. If you were to guess how many odd man rushes, odd man rush chances Tampa Bay had, how many think did you think they had? Uh, let's see if they only scored one, maybe like six. A fat goose egg. Wow. A fat goose egg. The Islanders out rushed the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, this is a team, this is a, t- a defensive team outrushing, you know, one of the best offensive teams in the league or one of the best all around teams if you, if you really want to go down. So this, this series is a lot more interesting than I even gave it credit for. Um, I, you know, that first game really showed me that, you know, it wasn't a complete blowout, but it, the Islanders look real good. And I, I wonder if the Islanders can pull up what I would consider an upset, but maybe it's not that much of an upset. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, being a little too uh, down on the Islanders. So, you know, with all of this, we're, it's, you know, it's a one zero series next games tomorrow. Um, Alex, who you think, who do you think is going to, is going to, you know, round out this series and, and make it to the cup final? Yeah, I, I really want to pick the Islanders. I think that their defense specifically in neutral ice is some of the best in the league right now. They keep, they can keep Tampa from going off, but this Tampa team is just really good. It's, I mean, I know how tough it is to go back to back. Um, I, so I, I do think Tampa will eventually just their firepower will just overtake it. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Tampa. But just like you said, it would not shock me if the Isles pulled this one out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I look at Tampa and I just think, you know, they're so deep. They have, they're $8 million over the over the cap right now. 
They're, you know, they, they've, they've managed to, to use those cap rules to their advantage where the cap doesn't exist in the playoffs. You know, keeping Kucherov, off, keeping Kucherov and Stamkos off the, off the roster until the date of playoffs and then adding them in, you know, it's not illegal. It's just a uh, little, little sussy. Uh, but they, but you're able to do it, um, and they it, they're able to do it, and I, I gotta give it to them. And I want to go over to the other two, James. You know, we we have a defensive juggernaut against an overall juggernaut. I mean, who do you have in this series? I think it's wrong to continue calling the Islanders a defensive juggernaut because they. I mean, yeah, they are, but they've also evolved, and you've seen this from this series and the series last. Like they're actually scoring goals last series, especially against the Bruins. I mean, this series, they outrushed the Lightning. So it's, I think it's unfair to pigeonhole them into that one little niche of defense. That being said, I want to have a beta win because I don't like the Islanders. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, how many games you got? Six. Six? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, who do you got in this series, buddy? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go um, Lightning. Lightning as well. I'm going to go Lightning in um, six. Um what? I would, yeah, love, yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I constantly, know, I don't think I've ever picked the Islanders to ever win a playoff series, and they continually seem to win playoff series. So, um, I guess as as Alex mentioned, they're very good at playing their style, um, and it's shown so far in in this in this playoff. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders Islanders do take it, um, but I just want to see Lightning and Knights in, in the finals so bad. So, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. A quick question. Yeah, real fast. I mean, the the likeliness of this scenario happening is very, very small, but how pissed would the world be if the Habs and the Islanders made it to the finals? Would anybody watch that other than me and people in Montreal and in New York? Um, I think they would. I mean, look, not very many people want to see Vegas make it to the finals because they're too young of a team. And and now again, a normal rational person looks at that team and is like, wow, that team is amazing to watch. They're fun to watch regardless if you hate them or not. Would anyone watch them? I, I don't know, man. You're, you're, I, I, I like to say yes, because you know, the, the level of hockey that, that the, um, the Islanders are bringing and to an extent, the Habs, the Habs are turning heads. I mean, the first five minutes of this game, I was like, Holy fuck, we might have a series. It's not, it, it's, you know, they're, they're out shooting them out shooting the Vegas golden Knights right now. I mean, I like four. I mean, both of those fan bases in New York and Montreal, probably like better, more passionate fan bases than Tampa Bay Vegas. No, they're absolutely so, true. like, I mean, for the fans, it'd probably be better, but I think for the rest of the hockey world, I think the lightning and Knights are, it's a, it's a more exciting matchup. Yeah. It's a more exciting matchup on the hockey side. But if yeah. you look at, if you want, if we want to go back to history and tradition, yeah. you know, these two, those two teams are the oldest in the league or some of the oldest in the league, not Islanders are not quite, you know, an original six, but they're, you know, the, the third oldest of, or the second oldest of these groups. And both, both of these teams have been on, have had dynasties and have been very important teams to, to the league's history. So it would be, it'd, it'd be very interesting to see, I don't know how, you know, they would fare against each other. It's going to be, they're, they're tough. They're against the two tougher teams in my opinion, but um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think the world, I think, Gary Bettman would probably be upset. <laughs> that is, that is what it is. Um, we're going to move on to the other, the other series that is actually going on right now. We're about five minutes into the second and it's two zero Vegas. Um, that's ser- So we have the Vegas golden Knights um, facing off against the, the North division champ, Montreal Canadians, who in many of our, you know, many of our 
expectations. I mean, no one expected this. I mean, this is very exciting, except James. Um, we're actually going to start at, in the north. Um, I mean, a, a complete sweep, a complete sweep of Winnipeg Jets. They were the, the, the Habs were the last to, uh, to, to, you know, start their series and they were first to be done. I mean, that's, I talk about you know, weird irony. Um, they, they have, they have maybe 5,000 fans in the state and the stands in the last couple of games. Um, they're on a seven game winning streak right now. They're looking good. Um, James, <laughs> Carey Price, man. Talk about this guy. Oh, talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. Um, <laughs> uh, like I'd mentioned last episode, I think Carey Price is the best playoff goalie that the league has to offer right now. And he's proving me right every single step of the way. Um, currently, he has a 9.35 save percentage, not including this game right now. It's definitely gone lower after he's let in two goals. Um, but that's besides the point. I mean, the guy shows up for his team. He's a veteran leader. He's there day in and day out, much like um, Vasilevsky for the Lightning. He's the only goaltender that's played for this team, this entire playoff series. Jake Allen has not seen one minute, not seen one second on the ice. It's just been straight up Carey Price. And I think Carey Price plays better the more he's on the ice. He likes getting a feel for the game, and he likes being out there. If you sub him out, it's going to throw him off his game. And right now he's on it. I mean, granted, he's letting two goals, but I think you can chalk that up to kind of rust. This is the first time in a little over three, four weeks where he's actually had a break. Because mm-hmm. like you said, last per- last team to make it into the playoffs, then went seven games, then all of a sudden had this sweep and had a couple of days off. So he's just getting his, his legs under him, his ice legs, if you will. That was stupid. We got to erase that. But oh, anyway, <laughs> um, ice legs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carey Price, man, he's the leader of this team. He's going to, he's going to world this team to victory if his team has his back. And I think as of right now, they're playing like they did in the bubble last season. They're, they're playing together. They're playing team offense. Like there's, I think 19 different guys who have a point on this team and Tyler to four leaves it with 10, but that's team oriented offense. It's not just like six or seven guys that have all the points. It's there's 19 of them. They're playing lines one through four. They're all going at it and they're doing their best to get a, get the game win. And they're playing because of Carey Price team leader. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I really like that. That's a good answer. Uh, this team, this team actually, you know, it didn't. I guess in hindsight, it shouldn't have shocked me that the that the Toronto Maple Leafs lost in that first round because, quite frankly, the Toronto Maple Leafs can't make it past the first round. That's just their mantra. I am quite surprised by the sweep. That that did surprise me, considering the fact that you know Alex, you know, and I agree with him. Halibut's probably one of the best goalies in the in the league, and he showed that against the Edmonton Oilers. He completely lost it. He was gone. And there's no team, there's no player on the Habs team that you guys can tell me is a better goal scorer than any of the two top players on the Edmonton Oilers. And, it, but they're, they're buying into a system. They're playing a team offense uh, and, and, you know, they're making it work. And on the other side, Tyler, you seem quite, you know, excited to talk about this team. And I'm excited to talk about this team. I love this team. You have the the goal, the Western division champs, the Vegas golden Knights who, what a series beat the Colorado Avalanche after, you know, the first two games. And I would say the first game and a half where they, you know, were dominated. And then they, it seems like they completely took over that. Um, I will say that the Avalanche's last game, um, I guess game six was probably their best game of the last four. And they still lost. They probably deserved to win and they still lost. 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how all that stuff balances out where, you know, Vegas probably should have won game two, Colorado probably should have won game six. There, you know, there's just a balancing act and that's why it's a game. It's a best of seven. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> I think we, I think we most, I mean, we, we can agree that the Habs are a bit of a downgrade uh, at least on paper to the Colorado avalanche, but I'm seeing a very tenacious, resilient Colorado, uh, Montreal Canadiens team. How do you think Vegas is going to fare against this type of hockey where it's going to be slower, but these guys are hitting, these guys are hungry. What do you got? Yeah, very different series, as you mentioned, um, compared to the previous one against Colorado. So, you know, a team that they haven't seen all season, which is what everyone else is going through right now. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the first two games go compared to how teams adjust. Um, obviously, on, on paper, this Vegas team is, is definitely more talented um, than, than Montreal is. But Montreal, as James mentioned, has price. And he's going to keep this Tabs team in it. Um, and it's going to be a great goaltending matchup between him and Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, that's going to be uh, super fun to watch. But, I mean, just the way the Knights with their, their offensive depth, and it just seems like lines one through four are coming at you. I think Montreal has the energy lines to one through four, but I just don't think they have the talent to match up with Vegas. Um, so I, I, just, I just think Vegas will win this series, but I think the Habs will make it more competitive than people think. The Habs have been playing great hockey. They've been surprising people all, all uh, throughout the, the whole playoffs. Um, and that's playoff hockey, man. Like these teams are in, in, the, in the playoffs for a reason. The, the, the Habs are no, you know, they're, they're not some bottom feeder team that, you know, doesn't deserve to be here. They're a great hockey team, but I just Vegas is just deeper. I think faster, um, just more talented with, with, with the puck, and I think they'll uh, they'll come out on top of this series. James, I, I want to ask you. You did mention there. There's you know 19 players with a point. the 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 scoring seems to somewhat like the actual goal scoring seems to stop like in, in droves after the first two rounds, uh, after that, those first two uh, the lines. And you're just not quite, you're seeing it much differently on the other side. You're seeing a fourth, a fourth line, you know, chip in every now and then. You're seeing a third line, you know, really chip in. And then the first two lines are just, you know, really dominating. At least they dominated the Colorado Avalanche. Do you worry about the depth scoring, you know, in those bottom two lines? And how do you think that the depth, you know, depth of the roster co- compares to the, yeah, Golden Knights. Um, I want to answer. I want to speak to something that Tyler said a second ago before I answer your question. And Tyler mentioned multiple times talent and how talent is going to get the Vegas Golden Knights through this series. And talent is a very deceptive thing. A team can have all the talent in the world. Like think about the Lakers when they had Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carmelo. Malone. That's a lot of talent right there. That team didn't win at all. They didn't make it past the second round. It, talent means nothing if you can't put it all together. And I'm not saying that the Golden Knights can't put it all together because they most definitely can. But that can't be your main argument to why they're going to win this series. They just can't. Talent is nothing without putting it into motion or team chemistry. Um, going to your question about depth scoring, yeah, I definitely worry about it. It really just seems like Ty Tafoe is going to be in there and kind of do his thing. But the thing that we don't see that I think you forgot is that Jeff Petrie has been out for the last two games. When Jeff Petrie comes back, he's a defenseman, so he's going to play a little bit more with those like two, three, four lines on offense. And he's he was the most he had the most points for a defenseman for the Canadians. And him being back out there is able to move the puck and hopefully energize those lines two, three, four 
to help them get more goal scoring. Jeff Petrie was a huge, huge part of this season, this season, and like a huge part of um, series number one. Unfortunately, he dislocated a couple of his fingers as he got them stuck in a camera hole during a game, which is super ridiculous, freak injury. Um, but I mean, the way that the Canadians play is that they kind of, they run an NBA style defense where they kind of pressure you at the top with a four check and then drop to take off all the passing lanes. If you get the, the puck on the outside, they're going to leave you, let you do it, but they're going to kind of congest everything to bring it through. And then once they get the puck, they're just going to push. It's going to be a fast break wide open. That's, that's their offense. With somebody like Jeff Petrie out there, he's going to move the puck a whole lot better. And so that should help lines two through four produce at a higher rate. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. When, I mean, I think I agree. They need Petrie. And that's just, an, I mean, I, I don't mean to, to bring up the others every time, but that's another player that we let go. And look, I mean, this is, this is what, this is what we get. Um, you know, we, we give up talent and they go on to do great things. And I, and I love watching them play. Look guys, this series is very interesting. We have a team that, you know, I, to your point, James, I think you're right in that you can't like your main argument can't be talent, but I would say that both of these teams are excel at buying into a system and playing that system as a team with, with players that are not, you know, very similar to the Islanders. They're not, you know, wholesale, like, you know, or I'm sorry, you know, retail, high retail names. Right. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry. I mean, I, I, there's no, like, there's no stamp coast. There's no Kucherov. These both two, two teams do not have the greatest of talents, but they have, you know, they have players like, you know, Nick Suzuki, who, you know, compl- is playing both sides of the puck. Mark Stone, who in my opinion should des- deserves a Selkie. And we're going to have that. We're going to have a conversation on that when the playoffs are over. He's, he should win the Selkie. He's, he's that dominant of a two-way player. Um, and he's a great captain. Uh, you know, this team ha- has probably more talent, but both teams are playing at their best as a team. Um, so I, I have to think that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win, but I would not be surprised if, if the Habs slow them down and, and make, you know, make a mess of some of these games and find ways to, and have Carey Price steal some games. I would not be surprised by that. Uh, and we could see, you know, Montreal pull up an upset. So, um, so James, how many games is it going to take for the Canadians to win in your mind? Habs and six. Habs and six. I like that. Tyler? Knights and five. Knights and five. Okay. Alex, did you, did you, first of all, do you have any comments on this series? Um, I just don't want Vegas to win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I, so I want Alex Martinez to win because he's the fucking yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be like, I don't really care as much about Brady McNabb. Uh, you know, pretty much the same for Kings players. Um, I think both boys made a really good, really good points. Um, I think Montreal can win this series, but they're going to have to play their best hockey. Um, but if you think about it also, they're on a seven game win streak right now. So they are playing their best hockey. Um, I am going to go Vegas in six because they always win when I pick against them. So maybe if I pick for them, ah, they'll lose. Like That's that, thinking man. with your noodle. I like that. <laughs> galaxy brain. You're going to, your galaxy brain. Um, I'm going to say the Vegas golden Knights will, uh, should win this in six. Um, I, and, you know, I, I would love to see this game or this go to six or seven. I mean, I, I think the more hockey, the better. Um, but it, it, we're, we're, we have two very good series, guys. And, you know, it's good hockey. It's fast hockey. This is some of the best playoffs I've, I've seen in a while. Um, and, you know, 
let just keep it keep on coming i mean this is this is fun this is what we this is what we sign up for if tampa loses we're gonna get another new winner and another you know one of those three have never won or haven't won in a while anyway um so this will be fun wow good stuff trading i mean like that was probably your shortest segment in like a month and a half. Yep, and I'm not saying your, your segments are long and bad. I mean, they're long and good. There's a joke there. But the fact of the matter is, man, it's a little short today. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. But when we return, Tyler's going to tell us about MLB and baseball stuff. Welcome back, everybody. Tyler's got his oh dams coming up. So Tyler's, let's hear all about it, man. Oh damn! Another another week, another week of baseball. Um, we're gonna get into it here. Um, we're gonna have three for three oh dams this, this week since we got you guys. Um, so a lot of kind of um, off field stuff this week. Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about um, was an interview that Garrett Cole had, uh, <laughs> specifically talking about you know the kind of the biggest news in baseball lately, which is the foreign substance on a baseball. Garrett Cole being one of the uh, pitchers that's been highlighted the most in this um, situation because he's been accused of using it. Um, and a reporter pretty much just straight up asked him, like, have you ever used it? And his response was pretty insane. So I'm actually going to play the video for, for everyone um, just because you just need to kind of hear it to believe it. I'm not even going to try to explain it. Um, so I'm going to share my screen here. I mean, everybody... And we're because gonna... he can't exp- like that. Oh, never mind. We'll, yeah. we'll wait. So here we go. Have you ever used spider attack while pitching? Um, I don't. <laughs> I thought I the video froze. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that. To be honest, um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. This is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. Yeah. So (laughs) Alex, when you saw that, just your thoughts and everything, that you got on that one uh yeah <laughs> traded I, I i felt the same thing i thought my internet was lagging the first time i watched that in the video <laughs> paused because he sat there like with a face that you know you typically see when your video stops like his mouth is like slightly agape um and he wasn't moving dude he, was, and he wasn't moving yeah. yeah i i partially want to blame the yankees communications department um because they really should have warned him like bro eventually someone's gonna ask you about this you need to either they needed to give him an answer 
or they needed to work together on an answer because, um, you know, un probably unfairly, Garrett Cole has kind of been the face of the uh, foreign substance issues, um, you know, like him and Trevor Bauer. I don't know what he was thinking. I just think he got caught off guard and was just like, uh, shit, I got to better say something. Um, but I don't know how he didn't expect somebody to ask him that or anything about it. Um, I don't really understand the part where he was like, uh, it's got passed from one generation to the next. I mean, pitchers using, um, you know, whatever material on the ball has been a thing since forever. Um, but it's usually not something that was concocted in a lab, uh, you know, a la Walter White or something. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not really, I'm not really sure what he's doing. Yankees communication department, somebody should get fired probably. I mean, he's the face of your team. Um, and Garrett Cole, like, I don't, you can't like really get in trouble for it right now. They're not doing like MLB's doing nothing about it. So just lie. Like, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. And just, or just be like, I don't know. I've, I've never used it. So the steroids guys did, and most of them didn't get in that much trouble. So, uh, well, Garrett Cole. I'm just here so huh? I can get fined. Paul Marshawn yeah. Lynch. Paul Marshawn Lynch. I like that. Um, yeah, they, Garrett Cole should have known that this was coming. The Yankees communications department did a terrible job. Um, it also makes Garrett Cole just look like the dumbest, dumbest boy in all the land. Like, Tyler. You couldn't come up with anything better than that? No, it was it was pretty bad. Like, I was just blown away by just the response. And you're right. Like, I don't know how he didn't expect to ask that question. I'm kind of surprised that's the first time any reporters asked, like, just straight up asked him, have you ever used it? Um, maybe he has, and for some reason he just kind of – I don't know if he was, he just didn't eat his breakfast that, that morning or what. The brain wasn't firing all the cylinders. I don't know what happened. Uh, but yeah, pretty a pretty wild, crazy answer there by Garrett Cole. Um, for a lot of people, that might be the final like nail in the coffin. Like, oh yeah, he's for sure using it, um, even though it was pretty highly suspected that he was already. Tyler. But but the next day he went out and pitched seven innings, gave up one run, struck out ten guys. So uh, clearly, it's not phasing him too much. He is still Garrett Cole. Uh, sticky stuff or not, he's still a great pitcher. Uh, trading what you got on that? Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> I was just scrolling. I was just, I saw this video on uh, TikTok that this guy spends all of his time analyzing it and really digging in on, on this issue. And guys, it's everywhere. It's on hats, it's on gloves, and you can see it on camera. It's everywhere. It's, have you, have you even, have you dug that far? And are you able to see it yourself? Yeah. No, I, you, you see it on the, on the hat and the glove. I mean, there's so many, like, I, I think I've seen a couple of those compilation ones where you just see, you know, zoomed in of, you know, it, some, some weird dark substance somewhere on the, on, on the, on the body or whatever. There was one video where a, a fan was added. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring him up and your team, but they were videotaping Trevor Bauer pregame and he clearly like grabbed something and then he like brushed his hand against his shorts and his shorts like stuck to his hand like, legitimately. And those are videos you don't get like, like, you know, people just watching games don't see that. Only people that could be at the game. So it's right. pretty crazy out there, man. Yeah. It's, have you used it before, Tyler? What's up? Have you used sticky stuff before when you pitched? I have never used sticky stuff. 
Eric Cole, that's how you answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted you to be like, I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. I'm setting you up there, buddy. Uh, anyway. Um, something crazy that did actually, I was just so, uh, it just came across my phone. MLB uh, finalizes foreign substances ban. So players caught using grip enhancers, whatever that means, will face a 10-day suspension. Penalty uh, will be enforced beginning June 21st. So next Monday. Oh, so they're going to do it for the next week. There you go. They'll, yeah, everyone. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Last week, boys. But, you know, this week, pitchers will be really good. Next <laughs> week, probably not as good as they well, want. Tyler, going play. way back. Going way back to your previous uh, O-Dams, the batting's finally going to get better next week. There you go. As, as you predicted, trade the batting will <laughs> finally get better. And it'll be interesting to see it'll, it'll be interesting to see those stats, like if that's really going to make an effect on it or not. Um, so, yeah. So, there you go. We got that breaking news as we were talking about it. So, thanks, Alex, for chiming in with that. Uh, moving on to my second O-Dam moments. Uh, we're going to kind of continue with kind of a more the fun one, which last week we, I talked about the uh, City Connect jersey. So, it's this new thing MLB's doing. Um, just these kind of new cool jerseys that each team or a, a lot of teams will be debuting this season. Um, last week, the Chicago White Sox had theirs and we got uh, two new reveals this week. The Chicago Cubs actually played a game with their Wrigleyville jerseys. Um, and then the um, Arizona Diamondbacks revealed their uh, City Connect uh, jerseys as well. So I'm going to also uh, screen share this so those of you watching on YouTube can actually get a... Uh, visual on these but James um, I kind of wanted to ask your opinion on these jerseys and we're going to start off here with the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, the Serpientes uh, what, what's your overall look on these I was, uh, for people for people listening uh, it's kind of just like a kind of a gold goldish sandish kind of looking yellow uh, with the Serpientes logo on there it's kind of cool uh, but James what do you got on this one uh, before I answer that question, I just want to ask Alex what he thought about the White Sox jersey because he wasn't here last podcast. I don't have to hear his mm. input. Uh, I think it looks sick on anyone not named Tony Larusa. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like Tim Anderson looks fucking dope wearing it. When Tony Larusa wears it, it looks kind of lame. I'm I'm about it. It's still the same color scheme as the White Sox, you know, typical jerseys. I like the hats, you know, that Chicago goes by Chai Town, so I kind of like that. Um, I think they look pretty cool. I didn't uh, – what did everyone else think about them? So I, was, I was not a fan. Like, everyone else kind of hated them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like, like the pinstripes of it. So, I was pinstripes along I think with the it, font. Hmm, no, I think it fits with them. Like, the White Sox have always been, you know, second fiddle. You know, they've kind of always been like the bad boys where the Cubs are just like the darlings, even though they're always they've been, you know, obviously historically terrible for like a really long time. So I think it kind of makes them look badass and good for them. OK, that's fair. I like that. Uh, going back to Arizona. All right. The Diamondbacks. I absolutely love these jerseys. For me, this is like an 8.9 out of 10 kind of thing. Like I'm a huge fan of these jerseys. The Diamondbacks as a whole need something positive going for them, and that, that's the, these jerseys. The Diamondbacks suck. So you got to have a reason for the fans to come to games. So here it is. Come see us in these dope-ass jerseys. I like the color a lot. I like how it kind of represents the desert. It's cool. And I like the font of Serpientes. It's like they're paying homage to the desert in their color and using the Hispanic heritage along with that font, kind of that uh, 
cursive kind of graffiti-ish font to kind of pay homage to things that brought them up to being the baseball team that they are today. Uh, I like how they have the Arizona State flag too. And I like the color combination of the kind of tannish, the black and the red. All that comes together to make this simple yet elegant and modern jersey that pays homage to the past. So in my opinion, this is this out of the three is my favorite uh, city connect jersey. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I, the one thing I'm curious about is what color are the pants? Because the other the other two jeans, they were getting they're getting wearing jeans out there. Yeah, they were jeans. So like it, the, the picture I'm showing on, on the YouTube version, they haven't actually revealed the full jersey. It's just the just the uh, hat and the and the jersey the jersey. So we don't know what pants they're wearing, and all the guys wearing the jerseys are wearing jeans out of the desert, which is a cool backdrop for these jerseys. It makes it kind of really really cool, but. Um, yeah, so I'm curious to see if they're going to wear those, you know, uh, tan looking pants and it's going to be all that yellow goldish color or if they're going to go white or maybe black. I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of see what, where, where they go with the pants. So that will be interesting to kind of see what happens there. But I agree. I think the Serpientes is a really, really cool spin off of uh, uh, D-backs and kind of doing more of a, a, a Spanish uh, characters there in the desert. So that's really cool. Um, Trade and Alex, what do you got on these? Go ahead, Alex. Uh, I, I like him. I like the uh, S, the snake coiling to be the S uh, in Serpientes. Uh, I like the little baby rattle at the end. Um, I could go with like a little bit more design on the actual snake since Diamondbacks, like the actual, like an actual snake, you know, has scales. It's not just like a black worm, which is kind of what that <laughs> one looks like. Uh, but I, I agree I agree James like I like the the uh, the red numbers I like the state flag I think you have to go white pants if you go that same colored pants it's gonna be a little much for me so I go it's white like pants Padres, or dude. black and I'm not a fan of the Padres jerseys that, I've the, never the had looking been. ones gross no I've, the Padres have they might be the only team in MLB history to never have at least one good jersey <laughs> I think they're all been terrible. Yeah. Oh. Every single one of them. Uh, but I like, I don't know. I like these ones. What do you think, Trayden? They're, they're sick. Um, I, I think you guys kind of, you know, wrapped it up. I don't have much more to say other than I really like them. I like, you know, the, the rattle kind of finishes it. You know, I think that's a nice sign off sure. on that serp, uh, Serpientes. So that's a. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah. moving on to the final one here. Uh, the Chicago, the other Chicago team, uh, the Cubs revealed and played in their Wrigleyville City Connect jerseys. Uh, Wrigleyville, of course, is the nickname for um, kind of the whole area around Wrigley Field. Um, so that, so that was kind of cool. Uh, it's kind of a dark blue uh, hat, jersey, and pants, and then with kind of the uh, the, the light baby blue trim. Uh, kind of an interesting one. I'm on it for me. I'm personally kind of on the fence on this one. Um, I do like the colors, but it just doesn't for me compared to the other two. I don't, you know, though it's you know the City Connect jerseys. I don't know if it really represents the Cubs as a franchise in the, in the city of Chicago as well as the other ones did. But James, what's your take on? So one glance, everybody knows the rules. I'm giving this one a seven point three out of ten. Uh, reason being, there's a lot of blue going on there. Right. Uh, I like the navy, but I'm not too sure about the combination of the navy blue and the baby blue. Like one by itself is sick, but put together, I don't know if there's enough differentiation to kind of go through with it. You know, uh, if you're, if you're going to go with that color scheme, which they're kind of going with for the most part, like 
The White Sox don't want the all blacks. That's a color rush. On this one, not so much. The two different shades of blue throws me off, but I really like the Wrigleyville logo. It's simple. I like the arch that it has because you can't fit it all in one line. I like what they did there. I'm just really not sure about the entire color combination. But the socks, the socks are sick. If you look at the entire sock as a whole, it has like that. Um, I like the blue on the socks, but it has like that Nike Elite feel to it. If you just like look up the socks for this, because I, I did, it looks sick, man. I'd, I'd buy those socks for sure. But 7.4 out of 10. Yeah, I think jerseys look better with the guys that wear the socks high. Um, for sure. It kind of looks, I mean, they almost look like the Tennessee Titans as well, which is kind of what thought that I had there. Uh, Alex, what do you got on these? Um, I actually disagree. I think the, the one that looks the dopest is Wilson Contreras, which is guy on the right with the stance down because his uh, cleats are matching the same baby blue color. But 4.6 out of 10, not a fan of these. My problem is also like four other teams already use baby blue as an alternate. The Rangers, the Cardinals, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, like all baby blue has been overused in baseball as recently. They all use these, this baby blue. I'm not a fan of it. I think they need to like pick their own thing. I don't know. The hat is exactly the same as like their normal hat just with a different color scheme. I mean, Jock Peterson looks dope, but that's – Jock Peterson always looks dope. Uh, I'm not a fan. I think the both other jerseys are better for sure. I, I actually really like it. Those ho- those socks look like hockey socks, and I, that for that reason, I like them. There you go. Uh, well, James, I think – I, I kind of like the whole rating thing, and I think we should – kind of rate these and then average our ratings to see which team gets the highest rated jersey at the end of the season so let's that's go. an ode to barstool sports bro yeah, like you, yeah. even though the one by everyone knows the rules it's gonna be one glance everybody knows the rules for this one that's for sure so we'll start oh, fuck with, that shit we'll, we'll start we'll start with this one um so james i believe you gave this uh oh, i don't know if you rated this one so what, what i did not the i'm giving this one a 4.8 4.8 okay i'm i'm gonna give these an 8.7. I think these are really cool. Um, Alex, you got on these? Uh, I'm going to give them a 7.9. Trading? Uh, 5.0. Okay. Very, very 5.0? Cool. Yeah. I don't do that, like, decimal shit. <laughs> Hard numbers, maybe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. All right. Like jerseys. Uh, James, you gave these a, like an 8.9. 8.9. Yep. All right. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go seven point three. Very, very solid. I don't think they're as good. The White Sox though. I, those are still my favorite. Alex, what do you got on these? Uh I'm gonna go six point two because they're incomplete without knowing what the pants look like. Yeah, that's true. They should really just wear jeans, man. That's a good look with jeans. jeans. I mean uh, backyard baseball action. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh trading. Eight point seven. Okay. I got it. You just no, said you didn't do the decimal shit. I changed the rules. There it is. <laughs> All right. Finally, the Wrigleyville Cubs. James, you said, I don't remember. Uh, I believe I said 7.4 or 6.4. Uh, 7.4. 7.4. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a 5, 3. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of on the fence with this one thing. There's parts of it I like, parts of it I don't. So just average for me. Alex, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go just five flat. They're just, they're average. Yeah. Just five. Trading, what do you got? 
Uh, we're going to stick with a 7.2. Uh, so it'll be interesting to average those out. Obviously, on my head, I can't do that math that quick because I'm done. <laughs> we will put something out later, and we'll figure out currently who leads that, and we'll and we'll, and we'll keep doing that. So we'll kind of make it a reoccurring segment, and every time a team reveals a City Connect jersey, we'll break it down for you right here on TLDR. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, so moving on to my last little demo, I just want to talk about a team that we probably should have been talking about for a little while now. Um, I think Trade is nodding his head aggressively at me right now. Um, the San Francisco Giants, um, the first team in the National League to reach 40 wins last week. Um, I, I trade in, in the very early days of, of this year, back in February, when we were doing these team previews and we're predicting which teams would make the playoffs or not. You were the only one on the podcast and one of probably a very few amount of people who actually picked the Giants to make the postseason. We all thought you were crazy. Here we are, we're approaching mid-June, and the Giants are in first place in a very competitive National League West division. As I mentioned, uh, top, top in the National League overall. You know, I mean, is it finally time to take it's, – it's, it's not just a hot start anymore. Like, this team is a postseason team. They're contenders. Is it time to take the San Francisco Giants seriously? Yes. <laughs> if you haven't. You're probably sitting behind in the in the standings there. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a 91.4% chance of making the postseason. Um, a 9 and 10. Better than a 9 and 10. Uh, and they have a 10% chance to win the World Series. Uh, that seems a little crazy, but that's like a thousand scenarios. I don't know. I don't know how they math. I don't do that um, algorithmic, algorithmic shit. God. So, um, hard. yeah, you definitely need to take them seriously. I mean, look, this team is not the Dodgers or the Padres who have who have done their rebuild and are going for it. You know, they're actually probably one or two years away from actually going for it, which actually puts them in a scary position, because if they're leading, you know, if they're leading the the um, NL and in some cases, they were actually leading baseball for like a week or something. I don't, it wasn't very long, but they were, um, they're third right now in case anybody gave, gave a shit. Um, and th- they're in a position where they're going to gain a lot of, they're going to gain a lot of experience and they're going to, they're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to gain the experience they need. And the reason why that they're, they, they actually have a chance to win the West. And I, this is, I'm, this is crazy. Uh, I understand, but you know, th- their rotation is doing very, very well. Um, you know, I look at, well, I mean, rather relative to what we, you know, expected. Um, Kevin Gaussman is on a, t- is playing absolutely amazing. He has a 1.43 ERA, uh, seven wins. Uh, and at 30 years old, he's, he's throwing, he's throwing very, very well. And the, actually the entire rotation is actually playing quite well with it. I, mean, I believe it's a little over an average three, uh, it'll actually be a little bit more, but it, uh, a little over a three ERA, which is actually quite quite solid for for a for a rotation. A rotation that we had no idea whether they would be good or not. As far as I remember, you saying you didn't know what you were going to get in the in the in the pitching side. Uh, and I, you know, Gaussman was even has even played better than he you know played last year, and he was actually the National League Pitcher of the Month for the month of May. That's he's playing absolutely amazing, and he's and you know. The, the, the interesting thing is that they're winning ba- baseball games and they don't have, you know, elite. What do you call them? Uh, what, what do you call them? Um, when you call your starter, the ACE, you don't have that many ACEs. Like they're, they're not like household names 
maybe Gaussman is, but no, behind that, I actually didn't really know very many of these guys and they're playing very well to keep the, to keep this baseball team in, um, in contention. Uh, second, let's look at the old guys <laughs> on the, on the other side. Uh, you got Buster Posey and Bratton and Crawford who are actually playing qu- quite amazing for what we expected. These guys are 33 and 34 years old. Um, Buster Posey, we don't know what we would get. He's been kind of injured. He, he, he backed out of last, last season and hasn't, you know, hasn't played, you know, meaningful baseball in a while. And he's actually, play, he's actually playing very, very well. Uh, an OPS of 0.971, um, a batting average of 0.329 leads his team. Uh, I'm sorry, um, is behind Brandon Crawford, excuse me. No, he, I'm sorry, his, his batting average is 329. Uh, so he is leading, the, he's leading his team. And he's, he's, being, he's playing quite amazing. And then Brandon Crawford is actually playing quite well as well. Um, you know, it, I think he just, for the shortstop position for the Giants, he just uh, played um, the most games in franchise history. Um, everyone gave him a good, um, you know, round of applause for that. And, you know, he deserves it. He's playing, he's playing very, very well as well. And when those guys can step up and you're getting a little bit of the depth coming through the fray as well, and you have a little bit of depth to kind of back up those, those guys in case they, you know, don't play a game and you're still able to win, you're in good shape. And then I think the bullpen is going to get, you know, hasn't been fantastic, but they're going to get better. And this guy, Tyler Rogers is his side slider thing is insane. And James is having nightmares because I played him in Amblebee the show and I put him in and he had no idea what the fucking, what the fuck to do. And it's actually translating to real life. Cause they don't know. What you the can't fuck. read that pitch, man. No, that pitch is Neither ridiculous. Can they in real life, dude. I mean, I watched, so I watched bad. a compilation of what is it? What do they call it? A rising slider. Is that what it's called? Tyler? I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I mean it's it's, 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 from it's the side. a slider, but it's from, from, from a different from a different angle. So. It, it, like his yeah. hand is like what inches from the ground, and it yeah. ends up on the top. Like it's it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and you know if he's able to close out games, and these guys are able to you know close out games, this team has a chance to to turn some heads. Are they going to win the World Series? No. Do they have a chance to actually win the division if they keep this up? Yes, obviously they're they're in that position. I do think that the Dodgers and the Padres are probably going to figure it out pretty soon and, and take over the spot. The, I do th- firmly believe the Giants will make the playoffs and they're going to need that experience because um, I do think that they're going to make some moves in the in the uh, in the by trade deadline to kind of round out their their. Uh, um, um, their bullpen a little bit because I think that that's probably the weakest link right now. If if they find if they find some extra personnel to to round that out, I think that they can make a little bit of a run and and get the experience they need. And you know, next year you're going to see a team that is that might be pretty dangerous, and we might have a three headed monster. Well, we already kind of do, but it would be a definitive three headed monster in the NL West. So yeah, take note, yeah. boy. Yeah, no, it's definitely you know. I have been doubting this team since, since the beginning and she's been giving them credit for a hot start, but you know, the last week or so, you know, I've been like, all right, it's time to take these, this team seriously. As you mentioned, like Gaussman, like no one's talking about this guy. And if it wasn't for Jacob deGrom having the, the, the inhuman season he's having, he would be front runner for Cy Young, like no question, you know? So, and but I don't know why he's not getting more attention. That dude is a, you know, playing like a true ACE right now. I think, you know, my, other than deGrom, the best pitcher, um, in the in the National League, and as you mentioned, you know those veteran guys, Crawford and Posey, having uh, having great seasons, kind of bouncing back from a few uh, lackluster years there. So they've kind of regained their youth. And as um, Giants fans love love to mention, this is in uh, this is an odd year. Um, so when they went through those runs where they won three World Series in five years, they were all odd years. So 
Giants fans love to mention that. Um, so you never know what could happen in an odd year when the, when the Giants are playing well. Alex is shaking his head. Weren't they three even years? 2010, <laughs> it was 12? Definitely the even years. Oh, 10, 12, me. 14. Yeah, 10, yeah, that's what I thought. Wow, baseball guy Tyler, man. That's brutal. One is an odd number, I'm pretty sure. Fuck. Well, <laughs> I fucked that up. I could have sworn they were odd years. Well, that's just, no. it, was, it was always believing, believe, yeah. believe, even. That's that's believe that's in, story, bro. Believe in. Man. Well, never mind about that argument. Anyway, but <laughs> it's funny that you bring them up this week when actually this is actually the shittiest week of like recent weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's crazy about last week, and I kind of I I'm gonna mention these in my power rankings was you know in that in that four game series against the Nationals they scored only three runs total, but they won two out of the four games which is pretty insane. And I think that just shows, goes to show how good their pitching has been. Yes. Um, and right now that's kind of what's carrying this team along with some um, surprise um, bounce back years from some of their bats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I, for me, you know, it makes the, the NL West super interesting because we all thought this was going to be a great battle between Dodgers and Padres, but here we go. Now it's Dodgers, Padres and Giants, and it's going to be super fun to watch. Um, James, Alex, wild card. Any, any, any thoughts on the Giants and that division? Bro, yeah, I should, have a question. Mention for, it. I have a question for James. If yeah, the Giants win the division, but the Dodgers still beat the Padres by ten or more games, <laughs> what what have happens with our bet? I win the, the money. Bet was the bet, <laughs> the bet was <laughs> ten or, less than ten games? So as long as they the Dodgers win by more than ten games, you get your fifty bucks. Okay, deal. And it, there was nothing, there was no stipulation about winning the division. It was all about 10 games. Okay. Cool. I'm just checking. Yeah. Okay. But real fast, Tyler, you got to mention it the way it's ranked, man. You got to go Giants first, not last. It's Giants, Dodgers, Padres, not Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. <laughs> Giants come first. They're at the top of there. Awesome, man. And then the respect they need. Come on, bro. I don't know about that. Um, I'm a Dodgers fan, so I'm going to mention the Dodgers first always and forever. So sorry about it. I hope they lose every single game from this point forward. Just oh, ouch. Well, you, thought, you wish that anyway, though. You wish yeah, that, that would anyway. be impressive. That would be that... quite the meltdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so that's all I got for MLB this week. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. James, take it away. All right, Tyler. Another great segment. I like the entire jersey thing that we got going on. That's a huge that, – Huge fan of that. Uh, today, we found out that Alex will probably win $50, and <laughs> Traden is a huge Giants fan. So that's big news. We're going to take another quick break, but when we return, Alex is going to give us NBA playoffs. Welcome back, everybody, especially trading. We had a drum roll going on there. We'll watch the YouTube. Uh, Alex is going to give us NBA playoffs. Uh, the main reason why Eric isn't here is because the Clippers are playing tonight. So you'll see the result tomorrow when this episode comes out. But Alex, take it away, man. Yeah, uh, we are full on into the second round now. Um, one team's already moved on, so we'll start with them. The Phoenix Suns. After we all kind of bashed them, we're all like, oh, man, Dan, they run into the Lakers. They're not going to get out of the first round again. Well, Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns swept the Denver Nuggets um, pretty handedly, I'd say. Uh, it was not very close. Um, I think on – let's talk about Phoenix first. Um, they're playing great. I mean, we talked about with the Lakers when they play in the Lakers. 
it all kind of comes down to DeAndre Ayton, and he's playing great right now. Um, I don't know which we I haven't assigned anything. We're just going to have everybody kind of shout out uh, Phoenix Suns. Are they the team to beat in the West now after that uh, pretty handed showing of uh, the Nuggets? Uh, I believe so. I trading said the Nuggets were going to win in five, and I was like, the Suns are going to win in five. The Suns won in four, so fuck you, trading. <laughs> fact, <of the> ma- <laughs> fact of the matter is, Chris Paul is playing at a level we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, this last game, game four, he scored more points. I think he had 30-plus, but that's the most he scored in a game in, like, five years. Like, Chris Paul has been going off. Uh, D-Book is doing well, too, and so is DeAndre Aiden, like you just mentioned. The fact of the matter is, we're seeing right now the top two teams, like, the top team, the Utah Jazz, they have their deficiencies. They, when Donovan Mitchell isn't playing well, they struggle. And Donovan Mitchell right now is has a minor ankle injury, Tyler, because they never completely healed because it takes 38 weeks or some shit. And so he's only 40% ready to play for this game. But he re-injured that ankle. He plays horrible defense when he has an injured ankle. And right now they're down by 25-plus points to the Clippers. The Clippers, on the other hand, the other team that kind of is a threat to them, they're not doing very well either. They continue to lose games because they're just not making the right decisions. And so they, they play in clutch situations. And it kind of just leaves the Suns to be the Suns. The Suns play their game. They shoot the three. They have good ball movement and good leadership. Monty Williams is a forgotten coach who's really good. This, this guy is going to lead this team to victory. Like the Suns don't get enough respect. The Suns are really good. Uh, they're the favorite from the West for me. Even though I picked the Clippers to begin. And I still I'm going to go with the Clippers. But logically speaking, the Suns are better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think they made that well and clear. I mean, the Joker got swept, guys. I mean, I, I had said that they need the Joker to obviously win, and they and he played his game, but Phoenix just outplayed them. Like they and they had they had everybody chip in, and like you said, DeAndre Ayton's playing very well. Chris Paul was automatic. That's the guy said when I watched the sweep. The guy said it like five times on the broadcast. <laughs> Chris Paul is automatic. I'm like, dude, I get it. And then you actually watch it. He's like, okay, yeah, he's, he's automatic. Like he's not, he's, he's he's unstoppable right now. And it's very fun to watch. Um, as for the, the favorite, I mean, I don't know this. I, I think maybe because I think, I think this jazz and Clippers um, uh, series is going to take a lot out of whoever comes out. It's going to be, because I might go, I might go long. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the Suns are going to be in a good position no matter who they play. Uh, I think this uh, Jazz Clippers, I think I think it could definitely go seven. It's definitely going to go long. So Suns are well-rested. Well we kind of talked about that last week, like whether will, whether being well-rested benefits or, you know, hurts you. Um, we'll see how it goes with the Suns. I think they've been playing on fire, um, pun intended, um, for the last, you know, I think they've won now seven games, six games in a row. Um, so and now they're going to have a super long break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Suns sun look good. I think playing either the Jazz or the Clippers, they're going to be the favorite to win that series. Yeah, um, the automatic thing. I mean, Chris Paul, pick and roll, mid-range mid, mid jumpers, money. Just time after time, the Nuggets had literally nothing, to, nothing they could do about it. Um, I think the rest will be a good thing for the Suns, um, especially when your best player is the 36-year-old point guard who had a shoulder issue in uh, the first series. So 
rest is always a good thing. Um, on the Nuggets side, um, you know, the Jamal Murray injury pretty much meant they were never going to win the finals. It just, unfortunately, that's how it works. Um, I think we have to talk about the foul yes. that got the Joker ejected in game four. No one's ever come back from a 3-0 deficit NBA history. It was unlikely to happen. It's impossible to happen when the MVP of the league gets ejected for, I mean, I personally was, I watched it live. I was like, okay, probably flagrant one, you know, um, but flagrant two and get him ejected. And I feel like the Cameron Payne kind of melted a little bit. Um, he kind of looked like a little bitch right there. Not going to lie. Oh my nose. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> um, and if you're, if you're the NBA you don't want – that's not what you want. You do not want your MVP of the league to get ejected in what was most – like, they were already down. And he pretty much was like, yeah, I did a hard foul trying to get my team riled up. I mean, obviously, it's a little different, but it's, hockey players do it all the time with fighting. I don't know. What What did you guys think of the foul? Do you think the refs missed it? Um, they reviewed it and everything, so it wasn't just a straight call. Um, just thoughts on that foul. I think it's because of who he is and how big he is. I mean, if anybody else had a wind-up on that, they'd be like, all right, cool, whatever. But he's a massive dude. And so Cameron Payne is a definite actor. I know he got ejected in the Lakers series for that little Montrez uh, scuffle they had going on. So I hated that guy from the get-go. This dude is a little piece of shit who's like, does really nothing for his team, but then gets the Joker ejected. That's pretty much what he does. Like, does he really help the team offensively or defensively? Marginally. He could not be out there and the team would be just as good. Don't like Cameron Payne whatsoever. I don't like the fact that acting is taking a huge part in this league. Uh, this series would have been way more competitive. This last game would have been way more competitive with the Joker in there. It was a close game towards the end there, about the last two minutes, give or take. Uh, they were definitely playing foul ball. So the Joker could have had a huge impact. But the fact of the matter is the windup and the fact that this league has gone so soft that – a little bicep to the nose where acting is in play now means you get ejected is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like I don't like the whole, the whole fact that like a flagrant is now, if you don't go for the ball and it's like, no dude, typically when people go for layups, you give them a hard foul and you can't get the ball cause the ball's already up. So you take them by the waist and you bring them down softly, but that is now called the flagrant foul. And it's like, why they didn't necessarily hurt the person. They weren't going for the ball. Okay, but their overarching rules is disrupting the flow of the game and making it so that the refs have way more say in how the game ends up. And I don't like that. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. When I saw that, I was like, we're getting ejected for that now. Uh, look, if you watch that, and I watched it too, I watched, the, I, I watched the replays, the Joker's eyes didn't leave the ball. Yes, he wound up. I'm not going to deny that. Was it a foul? Absolutely. But he was looking at the ball the entire time. He had no intent on intentionally smacking him in the face. Get up, Cameron Payne, you piece of shit. Like, come on, man. And oh, and by the way, to go to bounce off of what James said and that that the acting is getting out of hand. And I've said this on this podcast many times. You guys know, and you guys say it's part of the game. Well, I think that I think I have a way to make it not part of the game, and that's to call fouls that are clear flops. Call call both of them fouls and negate them. There's no there's no. They, they still count as a foul against your team as a team or as a, per, like a personal foul or whatever. Um, but there's no free throws. There's nothing. It's a negated foul. You, you flop like a, like a little fish. Fuck you. You're getting, you're, you're getting the foul too. Cause it's fucking bullshit, man. 
Like Cameron Payne, get up, dude. Are you serious? I've seen much worse in in baseball, and they're not even that close to each other. I mean, come on, man. Like it's it's absolute bullshit. Um, I, I know that they had no chance to come back in that series. I really di- don't. But it is very sad that the one that the MVP gets ejected for that is just absolutely asinine to me. It was not that big of a deal. Um, is pretty pussy by Cameron Payne. Um, and he had his eyes on the, on the, the ball, the entire time he was focused on, he was a hard foul. I know he was committing to that, but he was not looking to hurt him at all. Come on now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, um, that the ejection was warranted whatsoever. Um, it's one of the things about NBA, you know, I, I, I do love basketball. I love watching it, but the NBA in particular, for whatever reason is starting to get a little bit soft, um, which is difficult to watch. I like to see guys, you know, kind of go at each other, you know, and it's, it's a physical game, you know, it's sports are supposed to be physical, you know, um, hockey is that way, you know, football is that way. Basketball is, there's just as much contact as those two sports, um, you know, different kind of, con- different kind of contact, but still, you know, two guys playing, playing um, um, up on each other with defense and things are going to get a little bit heated and things should get physical and there shouldn't be this just grandioso acting, you know, it's, it's almost getting a level of like pro soccer in terms of just the, overreactions and the, all this kind of stuff, which for me personally, as a fan, I, I hate watching that. So yeah, that, that is just my the, opinion. The best is that we talk about protecting the, the stars to make them shine, but we're going to protect Cameron Payne, the motherfucker who has 8.5 points per game and is shooting less than 50%. Fuck yeah. you, man. And, and, and just eject the MVP. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. Don't See, get the, it. the tough part about that is, is that Jokic is kind of built. He doesn't look kind of built, but he, his biceps are pretty big. Right. So if Cameron Payne committed that same exact foul, his biceps would be so small. It wouldn't <laughs> touch the Joker's nose. So now you're penalizing a guy for having muscles. Yeah. That ain't fair. Yeah. Yeah, uh, trade in. So the flopping thing, you can get fined for it. Um, it's very rare that the NBA will fine you for flopping, um, but you can. I mean, the so fine is nothing, though, man. It's like, what they're, yeah, they're, it's, I'm just, I'm just, at least it's something. Sure. But yeah, I, I kind of like your idea. Um, the, I mean, if like, if you guys watch The Last Dance and like watching what, kind of basketball like MJ and Isaiah Thomas and like the Knicks and that and in that time frame played every single player on every single one of those teams would get ejected for a flagrant two in today's <laughs> game. like yeah. we would end up being a zero on zero team game and the fans would just be staring at an empty court with the ball just sitting in the middle so <laughs> I I didn't like it um you know I guess it is what it is at this point um Let's move on. So um, James already kind of alluded to it, but the as we speak, the Jazz are up two to one on the Clippers. Um, it's most likely going to be two two after tonight, unless the Jazz have a huge comeback because they're down by twenty plus right now. Um, James has already kind of mentioned his thoughts on this series, but um, you know, feel free to chime in with other things. Uh, trade in Tyler. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, assuming this series goes two two, we go in seven. You know what? How how are we feeling about these two teams? Yeah, I think I think the Jazz. You know, they they just, they you know everything runs through Mitchell. You know, who's as offensively he's been scoring great as James mentioned. Yeah, the defense is not where it needs to be. Game three, the Jazz as a team just forgot how to play defense. This game so far, it's kind of looking the same. They've already given up sixty points. We still got a minute or so, or about two minutes left left in the second period. 
um, and they're not scoring. And a lot of it's just lack of depth, you know, and it just seems like it's the Donovan Mitchell show and that's it. Um, and if it's, if it's going to go that way, it's not going to end well for the jazz. So they got to figure out how to play a much better team game. Um, Cause the Clippers as, you know, as inconsistent as they've been, you know, I think they're, they can still come together when they need to and play a team game. Um, the jazz right now just kind of don't look like a team that can do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, let's look at, let, let's look at the, the personnel that the jazz, the jazz have and with Mitchell's injury, you're, you're drop you're, you're I mean, the points per game drops tremendously from Mitchell or right below Mitchell, right? And then you look at if you look at the other side, I mean, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard playing amazing. I mean, those guys are basically a point, or a, you know, at you know, thirty plus points each, easy. Um, and can we talk about Reggie Jackson? Like what? Like he's playing really, really well. I mean, at eighteen points a game, he's and he's shooting at a sixty-three percent from three. <laughs> That's insane. In this series, I mean, he's 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 playing very very well, and and I think that that's a huge part of the um you know the reason that I think the Clippers are actually going to come back. It I, I don't think it's ever happened in NBA history where teams come back from two zero twice or or at least more than once um in the uh, in NBA playoffs, and I think that this will be the first time. You know, I, I look at I look at another team who's who has historically struggled in first few games, and that's the the Golden Knights, and they're here, so. You know, they lost both their first games in the first two series and and the Clippers are losing the first two games in their first two series, which is always tough. But um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not worried. I think that I think the Clippers, I, for some reason, though, they need to figure it out because I don't think they're going to have another chance at coming back from 2-0 when you have a, a Suns team that is playing very, very good basketball. James, anything else uh, on these two teams? Uh, I just kind of want to expand a little bit more on um, Tyron Lue's coaching skill. Tyron Lue made a switch. He took out the center for game number three and put in Reggie Jackson instead. They went small. Small ball against this Jazz team was going to win you that game. Rudy Gobert is defense player of the year. When you don't have a center that Rudy Gobert can guard against, you kind of negate that defensive player of the year vibes, you know? I mean, if you don't drive in the lane all that often, use more of that mid-range and three-point shot, Rudy Gobert is a good defender in the paint, and he's an okay defender on the perimeter. If you can kind of get him on the move using a smaller guy, you're kind of negating that defensive prowess that Rudy Gobert has. Uh, that being said, the defense for the Utah Jazz is suspect. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, when not healthy, cannot play defense. And it's becoming apparent more and more as the series goes on. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are doing whatever they want. They, I think they each had 30-plus points apiece last game. And tonight, halfway through the game, they have maybe 15 to 20 points each. They're kind of doing what they want to do. If Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz can't figure out how to play defense, the series is the Clippers. There's no doubt about it. I think that, I mean, we talked about in hockey, the Clippers are a more talented team. Um, I don't think they're a more cohesive group compared to this um, Utah Jazz team. I mean, the Jazz did have just forgotten how to play defense. I don't know if they only want to play defense when they're in Utah and now they're in Los Angeles and they've decided we don't want to play defense. I don't know if they've been clubbing the last three nights and are fucking hungover. I don't know. Um, if Donovan Mitchell is not healthy, the Utah Jazz cannot win this series. If he is healthy, I mean, we saw him carry them in the first two, two, uh, two wins. Um, I think this game, I think this could go seven. 
I, I don't want the Clippers to win, even though I picked them to make the finals. Um, I think they will win. Uh, I have no idea about the 2-0 going, being, doing it twice thing. It sounds right. Sounds smart. No idea trading. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, I, you know, selfishly, I hope the Clippers lose so we can have Aaron back sometime. But uh, at the same time, I also want the Clippers to lose because I'm a Lakers fan. So this will be a fun one. I think it goes seven. Um, It kind of feels like one where, you know, it's going to be every team wins their first three home games. And then, I mean, game sevens, anything can happen. That's the right math, James. Don't look, don't look like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Moving on to the East, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, another series that was 2-0 and is now 2-2. Brooklyn Nets fans, you might be in trouble here. Uh, James Harden tweaked his hamstring and has missed the last couple of games. Kyrie hurt his ankle and he will be out for game five at a minimum. So your big three is down to KD and I mean, Blake Griffin, I guess, is now the other big two. Um, Milwaukee's looked much better. Um, they got a huge win in game three um, where both teams just looked garbage in the fourth quarter um, and Milwaukee came back to win that one. Um, and now the series is tied 2-2. And unfortunately, you know, with Brooklyn's injuries, um, Milwaukee's path to the Eastern Conference Finals is starting to look a little bit better. Uh, so let's start with the Nets. I mean, KD is going to have to be the, the dude, and we obviously know he can do that. But what can the rest of what can the rest of the Nets do to you know control this Bucks team? Um, and if Kyrie and uh, James Harden don't come back, is it over? It might be. It definitely might be because outside of KD and Kyrie in this series and or in the playoffs and two other guys. There's nobody else who scored double-digit points. And do those other guys need to step up big time if Kyrie's going to be out for an extended period of time. Steve Nash comes out and was like, yeah, man, I don't know when Kyrie's going to be back. And James Harden has an injured hamstring. He's not going to be back anytime soon either. So that leaves a big question mark on who that secondary scoring threat outside of KD is. And teams nowadays, you got to have two or three options. That's the only way you win. You can't just have one. It's no longer the early 2000s or the 90s. You have to have multiple scoring options because every other team has a defender who can shut that one person down or play differently. And is it going to be Bruce Brown? Is it going to be Joe Inglis? It, it, who knows? But somebody got to step up. If nobody steps up and KD has to hoist up 45 points a game and everybody else gets five, they're not going to win the game. You got to have somebody else step up. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's that's. I mean, you kind of wrapped it up. I'm all, I was really gonna look at the the. Uh, you know, I look at the Bucks and I say, guys, you have a don't waste this opportunity. It doesn't come by often. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not. You know, it, it sucks that two big, you know, big guys, you know, fall and come and go down, and you know, all you're left with is KD. But you know, we talk about this depth of the Nets. That all stops. Like it, it all is built on the premise of those superstars being there and they're not um, two of the three are not. Um, so I, I really worry about the Nets, you know, ability to, you know, handle it. Cause you just look at, you just look at, you know, you got Giannis, you got Chris Middleton, those guys are going off um, playing very, very well. Um, and I just think the Bucks have an opportunity that, you know, 
they, they can't waste because it doesn't come by often. And this is part of, this is playoff basketball. And there's some, some guys get hurt and you got to find a way for your depth guys to step up. But I just don't know that they have the personnel to beat the bucks. I just don't. Yeah. If, if you're the bucks, you know, and you don't win this series now with two of their guy with two of the Nets players injured with, you know, the last couple of years of disappointment endings in the, in the postseason. I don't know how you move forward. I mean, I think you just, you have to win this series. You have to take these next two or three games and win. I, I mean, like I, w- I would be really concerned for the Bucks franchise moving forward if they don't yeah. take this series with the opportunity, as you mentioned, the given, which it's a, it's a, a huge bummer for the Nets. You, you never want to see guys get hurt, but I mean, just from the Bucks perspective, man, like they have to win this series now. I yeah, think you, it's, you have to. You're retooling if you lose, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's just this you- now or never. Are you concerned about Giannis's three-point shooting and his free throw shooting? Because Giannis is, is your main scorer, so he's going to get the majority of those shots. But Giannis is shooting 19% from three and 38% from the line. Are you concerned about that? Yeah, I mean he's been awful, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he's not been the Giannis that we should, that we know, you know, the MVP Giannis at all, you know. And obviously we saw the whole thing about how long it takes him to, take, to shoot a free throw. Um, so he's clearly overthinking a lot of things. So he needs to figure that out. I mean, free throws should be, you know, 80% at least, you know, and, you know, three points. I think, I think Milwaukee can, you know, dish that out to some other guys, but hit your free throws, man. Just hit the, Dude, free the, the, I, I worry about the entire teams. I mean, the entire team's three point percentage is 27%. Yeah. In this day and age, that just doesn't, the game's different, right guys. I mean, you guys know better than me. The game's just different now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Milwaukee, I think at one point held the uh, record for most threes made in a postseason game last year. I mean, it's, it seems to be broken like every, uh, like every other week now because the game has changed. Um, Tyler, I, I, I agree. They have to win the series. They're not going to blow it up because they just signed Middleton and Giannis to huge contracts. So like, you're probably not going to trade those guys away. Um, but they, yeah, unfortunately, for the Nets, like they got hurt, and this was always the problem. They have three superstars. Um, Blake Griffin is not the guy he used to be. KD, you know, missed a ton of time this year too. He's going to have to carry the load, um, and their defense is still trash. Like it's still garbage. Um, PJ Tucker has done an amazing job on KD so far this series, and now without Kyrie, um, you know, Drew Holiday can focus on the other guys. And, you know, P.J. Tucker and Giannis can double KD. And that's a really nasty double team. That Even if you are KD, who's, you know, one of the you know, most elite scorers in NBA history, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, it'll, he'll have to do a LeBron-esque, you know, carry his team like LeBron did with those Cavs teams um, if the Nets want to make it out of this series. But I do want to ask really quick. Sorry, I don't want yeah. I guess bouncing off of what Tyler and I were saying, do we look at Giannis differently if he loses this series? Like, do we look at, cause he's, he's kind of struggled in the postseason. I mean, at least taking his team far, do we look at him differently? I, I think if, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I think like he's such a weird player in today's NBA because I mean, he's never shot well from three. He's never done it. He's probably never going to do it. Shooting, what did you say, James? 38% from uh, 38 from charity the strike. 
that's I mean, fuck, Shaq at least shot like 50 <laughs> <laughs> percent. And he's notorious for being terrible at it. Like minimum, you should be shooting 50 percent. Um, I mean, if you're the Nets, I guess you play a defense where you just let Giannis take open threes, like how people play Draymond Green. They're like, here, go for it. If you're only going to make 19 percent of them, that's pretty good math. Um, I don't I think you. I think you actually might have to start looking at Giannis as differently if he does lose this, if he, if he loses this series now. If he had lost it with like a healthy Nets team, no. But this That's, is, it's kind of you, been like handed to him at this point, you know? James, you had thoughts? Yeah. I don't think you do. Uh, I'm going to go against Alex's logic on this one, mainly because, yeah, they're in the playoffs this year and they were in the playoffs last year and the year before that. But he's pretty young. And last year was kind of a one-off due to the bubble scenario of it. So you're really kind of like looking at this series or this playoff run as a whole and kind of judging him off of this. Uh, as like a newer basketball fan, you're like, oh my God, you honestly the face of the league has won MVP two years in a row. Yeah, that's cool. But he's also not that refined. He's pretty young, man. Like he, he came into the league like 170 pounds and he's put on so much muscle, he has to relearn the way he plays. He's more of an old school basketball guy where he kind of drives the lane as a small forward size power forward rather than shoot threes. The league has evolved to threes, but he's still using that old school approach. And typically with that comes with fouling nowadays because this league is super soft. And so every single time you get touched in the lane or breathed on in the lane, you're going to get a, a foul called on you. Then you go to the free throw line. So if you honest can just improve his free throw shot, which is an open shot, man. I can make more free throws than you can. And that's sad. I haven't played <laughs> ball since high school. Come on, man. Like the fact of the matter is if you can improve that one thing, Giannis is going to be a bona fide superstar from this point forward. He's the full player. He can score. He can shoot. He can assist. He can rebound. He can defend because he has the athleticism to do so. To kind of pigeonhole him based off of two series one of which was in the bubble, is unfair. Give him more time, and then, then we can kind of look at and see if Giannis is the player we think he is. But to do that to a second-year player would be not okay. It would be unfair. That's true. That's perfect. I see your, I see your point. Um, I'm going to disagree, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, honestly, though, with <laughs> the 10-second with, with the uh, rule, didn't even know that was a thing. I'd never seen that called. I had never ever heard of you like a 10 second. I'm sorry, I didn't free see throw it rule. So Giannis was just sitting there dribbling, like looking at the basket, like for 10 seconds, and the refs called it, I guess it's called a 10 second penalty, and he loses his free throw, and the Nets get to take the ball back. Didn't even know that was a thing. Never heard of it. Wow. Wild. Um, okay, moving on. Last series, um, the Philadelphia 76ers and Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta uh, squeaked out a win in game four tonight. So the series is also tied two to two. Uh, the Sixers kind of gave this one away. Um, there was some really sloppy basketball towards the end of that. Um, it finished up right as we were kind of starting, starting the recording here. Um, Atlanta, they're scrappy. You know, they're, they're getting after it. Um, we go back to Philly now for game five. Um, what do you guys think about this series? Where's it going? Thoughts on these two teams? All right, so I, I came into the playoffs, watched the entire playoffs, and I was like, the East kind of sucks. I'm not going to watch any of the East series. I'll focus more on the West. 
But then this series comes up because I was following the Knicks and I was like, holy shit. The Sixers Hawks is probably the most exciting series to watch for me. The Hawks are coming up out of nowhere. I did not respect them at all. I said this last episode. They have all my respect now. I'm very excited to watch this team grow and develop and be a successful team. They're young, they're unproven, and they're doing everything they can now to prove that they're good. Trey Young is phenomenal. Embiid is better. I think where the mistakes happen is when the Hawks decide to double team Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to score regardless, man. Stop taking a man off somebody else to defend Embiid. Let Embiid score and take everybody else out of the equation. If you do that, you typically win. In games one and four, which we saw, the double teaming of Embiid was at a minimum. They didn't do so all that much. Games two and three, where the Hawks lost, the Hawks doubled Embiid often. And Embiid just put up like multiple assists because he found the open guy so many times. You can't do that. Let, let everybody else beat you. Embiid's going to beat you no matter what. He's too good. He's too talented. Even with a messed up knee with a small meniscus tear, he's that good. He's that talented. Let him put his 45 points up. If you shut everybody else down, you're good. You're, you're good. You're going to be great. The one thing for the Hawks is, that I think is the downfall is Clint Capella. That dude, during the regular season, Alex, he was on your fantasy team. He was great. He put up numbers upon numbers. He was getting a double-double, triple-double. He was good. In the playoffs, not so much. Once you give him the ball, the offense stops. Uh, the beginning of this game today, they were up like freaking 14 to 6 or something. They gave Clint Capella the ball multiple times to kind of give him that jump start, to give him to get him better, to get him to feel the offense. He turned it over, he got blocked, and he missed the layup. From that point forward, the Sixers went on a 22-4 to run because Clint Capella cannot play offense. His numbers right now aren't that good. Can he defend Joel Embiid? Absolutely not. That's why they're double-teaming him. Clint Capella is a liability to his offense right now. Take him out, put in Big O, put in John Collins. Let them do their best to defend Joel Embiid, even though you can't. Rebound, run the ball, give to Trey Young, and that's a recipe for success right there. I he, I don't have much to say more than that. <laughs> I mean, I, Clint Capella, though, I mean, he's almost do- averaging a double-double. Compared season. to what he did during the season, it's completely different. He's, not even, he, he's almost averaging a double-double with double-double or double-digit rebounds. Points? No. He is like, what, 9.8? He's close to being a double-double, but he is not producing on the offensive end. He can't. And defensively, he's a liability against Joel Embiid because Clint Compella is a lot like Dwight Howard where he defends the paint. Joel Embiid shoots threes, man. He can't defend the perimeter. Yeah. I, I don't know that, that stuff. I just look at stats and uh... – and if it's worse than what he's doing, then it's yeah, I yeah, you're right. Um, and to your point, James, when you take out Embiid, you're still having Tobias Harris who's playing well. Seth Curry is uh, there's another Curry that can shoot above like sixty percent from three. Like Jesus he's right. Well. Defend uh, everybody else. Let Embiid do his thing. Yes, let Embiid do his thing. You're absolutely right. Um, because you know, let him have his 30, 40 points and. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody who's ever won a basketball game in NBA has won with 
like at least more than 40 points. Like every team, both teams get more than 40 points. I've never seen them get less than that. I haven't, I'm sure it's happened. I haven't seen it, especially in this day and age where like nobody plays defense. So <laughs> let him do his thing and block every, or stop everything else. And you're fine. Uh, I don't, there's not much else to say. than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a couple things um, on the, on the Hawk side, it's, it's always fun to see these um, like, you know, underdog Cinderella teams make runs. I think there's always one or two every year. And, you know, for me picking the Sixers to win the whole thing, you know, I don't want the Hawks to win this series, but I think they're going to make it a series. And I think that they're going to go uh, seven games here. I think the Hawks are definitely going to give them a run for their money on the, on the 76ers side of things, you know, you know, Joel Embiid kind of went out with a, with an injury there today. Are any guys kind of concerned about his health? And I don't, I don't know if it was his knee or what it was. Um, obviously he's Joel Embiid and great team. And as well as, you know, the, the, the Sixers are a great deep team, but maybe not in this series, but, you know, moving forward, maybe something to keep an eye on. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Embiid makes this team. The reason why there's offense on everybody else is because Embiid draws a double and passes it out. Without Embiid, you have Ben Simmons running the ball up and doing what? Dems, ben Simmons cannot shoot the ball. You give it to Steph Cur- or Seth Curry, and he can dribble the ball sometimes, but he's not going to be wide open if Joel Embiid's out. They leave him wide open because they use that double. So if you defend everybody and not have Joel Embiid out there, you're in a world of hurt, man. The fact of the matter is Joel Embiid is, has been questionable every single game since he saw his meniscus against the Wizards. There's going to be games where he's good, and there's going to be games where he's not good. And so it's going to be capitalizing on the games where he's not 100, when he's not 85%, because that's his max. He's not going to be 100% this season. It's going to be capitalizing on the games where he's not 85%. And tonight, he was 60. He was limping from the get-go. His pregame, he did not look happy. He was hurting. He was limping. You got to capitalize on those games, man. As unsportsmanlike as it sounds, when your best guy is hurt, you got to pounce on that. When you smell blood, you got to go. Yeah, the I agree with you, James. The 76ers, they go as Joel Embiid goes, um, you know, Tobias Harris kind of seems like the the guy that needs to have a good series for them to win. Um, if he doesn't, you could you could see the Hawks um, upsetting um, and making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And on the Hawks side, you're kind of a year early. Like they had a great off season. We're like, okay, cool. But there's a lot of really good. There's some good teams in the East. You know, they're probably not a title contender. So they're just playing with house money at this point. Like, go out there, do your thing. I think you can beat the 76ers. And if Joel Embiid is, um, you know, under that 80, James's magical 85% threshold, then you can win. Like it's, that's it. Like they could win. Do I think they could beat the Bucks if, you know, if that's how it kind of plays out? Probably not. Um, but it will be a really fun series going forward. Um, that's it for basketball. But one thing, um, I don't know if you guys have been watching the Euro 2020 slash 21 tournament yet. So the big European soccer tournament's going on. Um, it's like, a, it's a huge deal. It got postponed because of COVID. It's going on now. Um, and then I don't know if you guys heard about this, but one of the Danish midfielders collapsed on the field. Oh, I heard um, and it was like this huge moment. Um, I was looking up it today and it seems like he's been um, brought back into a more stable condition. Um, his name is Christian Eriksen. Uh, so that's good news. But uh, obviously, we ne- we've only talked about soccer on this podcast that one time. James got all mad at Tyler the whole time. Uh, <laughs> but 
I love, I love these big like European tournaments. Um, you know, uh, it's a, it's super fun to watch. So I, guys, you know, Alex, I think watch, with that, um, that, that whole scenario that you mentioned with the Danish player, I think I want to thank, and two of them are two of them are on this podcast right now. I want to, I'd like to thank, this is a, this is a, a situation where the athletic trainer or, and, and any medical staff is hugely important for any, t- any, you know, any team. And, you know, I would, I would, I, I would, I would say that the, the athletic trainer or whomever it was saved that, saved that athlete's life t- that day. And um, so James, Tyler, and everybody else that is in that profession. Thank you. You guys mean the world to all these teams and us as fans as well. Thanks bud. Yeah. Yeah, holy don't, shit, man! You don't, got me emotional, don't, man. Don't don't get those very often, so appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that that was awesome. I appreciate that. Um, that wraps up episode fifty-one. Thank you guys for sticking with us all this time. Fifty-one episodes in, kind of crazy. Um, find us on Instagram, Twitter. Email us. I don't know what you want to do. Think about more questions you want to ask us. We'll answer them at the from the get-go. I'm still pretty emotional from what Traden said. That shit crazy, man. Like we don't we don't get those often thank you very much and thank you alex for bringing that up and um yeah i hope you guys have a really great week and uh, we'll see you next week thanks for listening